You are listening to an Elftree Publishing Podcast. Our elves have been hard at work in search for meaningful and compelling content, so we hope you enjoy this show. And now, for our feature presentation. Enjoy. Featuring free-spirited conversation to help build a better future for generations to come. This is Elftree Publishing. I'm, I'm of the I'm of the group of people on this planet that think justice needs to be served in the sense of I think we have local laws. I think states need to start standing up a little bit more. I think attorney generals of the states need to start prosecuting uh, and filing lawsuits against Anthony Fauci, uh, Bill Gates. I mean, the paper trail is there. We all know this. Yeah, but there's no we're not following the laws here in America. Not at no. all. Yeah, they're, they're, especially they when. Yeah, especially when, you know, you and I both know, you, I mean, you mentioned that the, the human sacrificing, the organ harvesting and all these things that do exist. I mean, this black market, we don't know that much about. Run. Run. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us. Is to leave with us. From leaving behind the world of bioterrorism to off the grid and independent living, you're listening to Exit the Cult. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm your host, Joe Morales, and you're listening to Exit the Cult, a podcast dedicated to exposing the lies of the mainstream media to help others wake up to the truth. Let's exit the cult together. It's February 25th, 2022. I want to welcome all of our new listeners and thank those of you who have been listening since we launched back in September of last year. Thank you guys for being here. We have a jam-packed show today. As you know, I've recently relocated from Los Angeles to escape the tyranny. I am not down with the mandates, so I had to get the hell out of there. And I am now currently in the frigid Midwest out here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've set up camp. I'm here with family until I decide where I'm going to go. And it's probably leaning towards Texas. So I'll keep you updated with that as things unfold. Yeah, like I said, we have a jam-packed show. We're going to talk about uh, the latest things going on in Canada. Trudeau revoking the Emergencies Act, uh, the latest Project Veritas expose of the FDA, Russia and Ukraine, um, and basically the biggest feature of the episode will be this interview I did with Weber's Way. Um, Weber's Way is an account I follow on Instagram. I've been following for a few years where they do a lot of street interviews and discuss with people on the street current events. What do you think's going on? And typically they expose just tons of ignorance, especially out on the West Coast, which is another reason why I fled. So I ended up getting into a really fun conversation with Jess Weber of Weber's Way. 
we end up talking about the state of politics, the world, globalists, the Great Reset. We talk about the dark web. We talk about the state of the music industry, the film industry. I'm going to feature that interview towards the back half of the episode. And, um, but we, he, we, he ends up mentioning, uh, that some of his family was in a cult and he, he, I think he mistakenly called it the 13 tribes, but there is the 12 tribes cult that we have discussed on this show. If you check out, uh, I believe it is episode max hell. I think that's episode. I'm not really sure which one it is, but it's called max hell. It was released December 10th and we discussed the the 12 tribes. So if you want to dig into the 12 tribes, you can go to that episode. But I thought it'd be appropriate to uh, feature an article and just kind of expand on what the 12, 12, what the 12 tribes is. So from the Daily Beast, 12 tribes, the church preached child abuse in slavery. According to ex-members of 12 tribes who spoke to the Daily Beast, children are regularly beaten and leaders preached, quote, slavery is necessary. End quote. Growing up, Kayam Matias said he was beaten 20 to 30 times a day. Quote, I grew up to be numb to it, to quell the rage within and just not feel anything. What I cared about was when my infant sister was beaten and there was nothing I could do about it. To hear her screams and be powerless. And that even if you tried to stop it, you couldn't. It's a crushing thing to go through. It broke my spirit, man. I still remember her screams to this day. End quote. It's been almost eight years since Matias, now 22, left the 12 tribes, the controversial commune and religious sect he was born into, but the memories and the anger at the way he and his family were allegedly treated are still fresh. He says he and other members of the sect were regularly beaten by adults in the commune as a form of discipline. Quote, The first time I used an ATM or a vending machine was when I left. I knew nothing about the world. It was all so strange and new, and was like being born suddenly with an adult body, feeling like a child or an alien, but needing to act like an adult to survive, end quote. This year, he finally decided to say something about it. Side note, this is from 2016. In June, posts began showing up on the Facebook page of the Blue Blinds Bakery, a quaint and well-reviewed business located in Plymouth, Massachusetts for the first time since 2012. Quote, We decided to use our Facebook page as an active evangelism tool, someone wrote on Thursday of last week. What followed was a couple of outrageously offensive screeds, including one that began, quote, as promised, let's talk about the blacks, end quote. One of the most frequent questions they get is, are you a racist? And the answer is no, the author wrote, but we do believe that slavery is necessary. There's a difference. It was speculated that the post, which picked up steam this week among the Boston food community, has since been shared over 300 times, was the work of a hacker. It was actually Matthias. He'd set up the Facebook page years ago, he claimed, and still had access to it. The Daily Beast reached out to Matthias through the Blue Blinds Bakery Facebook page, and he was able to confirm his identity by forwarding us a photocopy of his passport. A member of 12 Tribes confirmed that Matthias is an ex-member who had access to the Facebook account. It's time this ends, Matthias said, referring to the church's alleged secrecy. Quote, we completely disavow all the stuff on that Facebook page 100% without any exception, said a man who identified himself as Zahar, who would not give his last name when I called the bakery to ask if they indeed advocated for slavery. Only 12 tribes members work at the, at the bakery, just so you know. Quote, if you want to know what we believe, we actually have a website. Click, 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 click. Based on their website, prior reporting, and first-hand accounts, it appears that what they do actually believe isn't too far off. 
The website Zahar referenced is 12tribes.com, the home of a group founded in 1972 by a man named Albert Gene Spriggs in Chattanooga, Tennessee, that promotes a sort of hybrid of Christian fundamentalism, Hebrew roots, and Messianic Judaism. The group has some 3,000 to 4,000 members in isolated self-sustaining communes around the world that operate businesses like Blue Blinds, a chain of restaurants called the Yellow Deli, we've talked about that, and a large construction business. It has dodged accusations of cult-like behavior ever since its inception. According to former members of the 12 tribes, Spriggs, the group's leader, has allegedly preached that black people are destined for slavery and that homosexuals should be put to death. What a crazy bastard. The half dozen former members who spoke to the Daily Beast also allege the culture of systematic child abuse, subjugation of women, and psychological torment. A couple of years ago, a German documentary uncovered video of children in a local branch being beaten so terribly that the government led a raid and took the children away. In the video, Wolfram Kunick, an RTL journalist, filmed 50 instances of beatings on camera as an independent reporter. One former member who appears in the film recounts being regularly beaten for such trivial offenses as pretending to be an airplane. According to the group's teaching, children are not permitted to pretend to be an airplane. I'm just kidding. Children are not permitted to engage in any type of playing or fantasy. It's a pattern of controversial behavior that has persisted in stories about the group for decades. Quote, there are so many teachings that keep you from being who you are. They keep you from being human. You get so absorbed in the teachings that you lose your emotions and your ability to respond to situations. They seem like a tight-knit family, but you just don't know all the misery behind those eyeballs. That was former member Jolyn Griffin. In 1984, authorities in Vermont undertook a similar raid, liberating over 100 children from a 12 tribes compound. A judge determined that the raid was unconstitutional and the children were returned. Interestingly, the San Diego Reader reported, the public defender at the time, Gene Swantko, joined the group soon after. Hmm. An investigation by the Sydney Morning Herald in 2013 told similar stories of members who had escaped the group, as did an investigation last year by Pacific Standard, which reported that children were allegedly beaten multiple times per day. Jesus. The whole article here is just, it's obvious. They beat their children but they also want to be left alone. They own businesses. And it's strange to be living in a world of fantasy that they um, beat you for pretending to be a, an airplane. Mm, it's fucked up. It's a cult. It's a cult. Or is it all just misinformation? We'll be right back. You are listening to Exit the Cult. Only on Elf Tree Publishing. Enjoy. 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 Hey, enjoy. Hey, you. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, hey, you. Yeah, you. Enjoy. Yes, you. Enjoy. You're listening to Exit the Cult from NPR. Mark Lanigan, Screaming Tree singer and voracious collaborator, dies at 57. Mark Lanigan, the versatile rock musician and Screaming Tree singer, died Tuesday of unspecified causes at his home in Killarney, Ireland. 
His death was announced on Facebook. Quote, A beloved singer, songwriter, author, and musician, he was 57 and is survived by his wife, Shelly. No other information is available at this time. We ask, please respect the family's privacy. End quote. Lanigan was born November 25, 1964, in Ellensburg, Washington. He had a rumbling rasp in his voice that could convey the weight of the world. From the mid-80s to 2000s, that voice led Screaming Trees, the hard-charging psychedelic rock band that got picked up in Seattle's grunge gold rush. The band would have various chart successes throughout its tumultuous career, but most notably producing the alternative rock radio staple Nearly Lost You. The Sweet Oblivion single was also featured on the soundtrack to the 1992 Cameron Crowe film Singles. He was also a member of Mad Season, the Seattle band featuring Pearl Jam's Mike McCready, Allison Chains' Lane Stanley, Screaming Trees' Barrett Martin, and John Baker Saunders. Between albums for Screaming Trees, however, Lanigan began writing and recording solo efforts starting with an aborted Lead Belly covers project with Kurt Cobain. The Winding Sheet released in 1990 showcased a stripped-down sound leaning into the blues influence that would wind through Lanigan's career like a briar patch. The distinction between Screaming Trees and his solo music became more crucial after Cobain's death in 1994. Quote, To continue on music, I had to distance myself from the whole Seattle thing. I had to keep it at arm's length to avoid being known as this ex-grunge drug addict singer who never made it. End quote. Since the breaking up of Screaming Trees in 2000, Lanigan proved to be voracious in his collaborators and styles. He was a member of Queens of the Stone Age for over a decade and made music with former Bell and Sebastian singer Isabel Campbell, formed the Gutter Twins with Afghan Whigs singer Greg Dully, released two albums with multi-instrumentalist Duke Garwood, guests on tracks by Moby, Earth, Tenawaran, Cult of Luna, Uncle, a list that grows richer the deeper you dig into the catalog. Lanigan was also the author of three books. In 2017, he published I Am The Wolf, Lyrics and Writings, featuring his musings on various lyrics throughout his career. His 2020 memoir, Sing Backwards and Weep, is a stark portrait of a musician looking back on a hard life and lives hurt. And just last year, Devil in a Coma, rendered his experience contracting COVID-19 in terrifying prose and poetry. Quote, Apparently my light had almost gone out permanently more than once, according to the doctors and nurses. End quote. For someone who worried about his place in music, Mark Lanigan sure made every note ring louder than the last, even if it was a crooning whisper. In a 2013 piece looking at Lanigan's renewed creative peak, NPR music critic and correspondent Ann Powers perfectly surmised, quote, this man doesn't have to worry about being forgotten, end quote. So interestingly enough, there was an article published uh, by Loudwire discussing Mark Lanigan's battle with COVID-19. It says... In March, the rocker was hospitalized with a disease behind the pandemic. He slipped in and out of coma and was given little hope for survival. Lanigan also went completely deaf over the course of his illness, per consequence. A spokesman for the Screaming Trees album said the musician has gotten his hearing back now, but his health is up and down. Obviously, we know what the outcome was from that. This is the thing. The guy was only 57. Yes, he lived a hard life. Uh, who knows? I mean, this guy was living his life during the heyday of the Seattle grunge scene. So who knows what the long-term effects are of that. But isn't it just interesting? He puts out a book called Devil in a Coma. It's a memoir of his life and now he's dead. The guy had COVID. The flu. I mean, to which you have a 99.97% chance to survive. Did the hospitals do something to him? I wonder if he got the inoculation. He was only 57. Very bizarre. Rest in peace, Mark Lanigan. Oh, oh, oh.
Rest in peace. Jones is the greatest. Dude, he has been so canceled. Alex is right about far more than he's wrong. How much heat have you gotten for being friends with him and having him on the show? A lot, but I don't pay attention. Okay. Yeah. I just, I I can justify it. I'll tell you, that fing guy is right about a lot of shit. He's oh, a, yeah. a wild yeah. entertainer and a, oh. and a brilliant man. Isn't he fantastic? And no one is perfect. Uh-huh. I've known Alex for like more than 20 years. I've hung out with that guy. We've been hammered together so many times. It's like, it's it, that is the most misunderstood guy on the planet. Alex has been right on for a, over a decade. Shout out to Alex Jones. We love you. Alex Jones is a journalist and member of the media. End of story. Recently, many of the biggest tech companies joined in a coordinated effort to censor content from broadcaster Alex Jones. There's a reason why the mainstream media calls a guy like him a bomb thrower or a conspiracy theorist, because they're they're in fear of the truth that he does actually bring out. Why are the most powerful companies in the world suddenly so threatened by an independent radio show host in Texas that they're willing to lose business in order to make him shut up? He runs a media organization. And so when the January 6th committee subpoenas him, they are basically violating our First Amendment protections. The Department of Justice says not only is it investigating what happened inside the Capitol, but the conspirators and instigators who may have started this whole thing. Now the committee has decided to shut down one of the most popular journalists on the right, Alex Jones. Yes, journalist. The House Committee investigating the deadly assault on the U.S. Capitol is subpoenaing Trump allies Roger Stone and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. The committee says he helped organize the rally ahead of the riots. Alex Jones isn't simply innocent of inciting crime on January 6th. Alex Jones actively worked to prevent crimes from taking place on January 6th. Let's start marching to the Capitol! Like Don Jr. said, we're not burning buildings down or shooting cops. We're building America up. We're here to take our rightful country back peacefully. We're not running interference for Alex Jones, and we're not guessing about it. We happen to know this for a fact. We need to not have the confrontation with the police. They're going to make that the story. Alex Jones is a journalist the same as Brian Stelter and Jake Tapper and Don Lemon are. Absolutely. I, I was about to say the same thing. But some people are going to be like, don't insult Alex that way. Well, yeah, yeah. Alex Jones never lied us into a war. Uh, right, right, right. Uh, right. <laughs> Alex Jones never bought the Russia hoax, not for a second. And if Jones sat down with Tony Fauci, he would ask him real questions, just as journalists are supposed to do. He wouldn't just slobber all over him. Epstein, he was way ahead with that. He, he told me about Epstein a fucking decade ago. Alex detailed all of that. Alex Jones, InfoWars. The media has tarnished him with all sorts of name-calling, conspiracy theorist, bomb thrower. The one thing that I know about this gentleman, Alex Jones, is that he loves this country. He is as smart as a whip. He, he absolutely believes in what he believes in. And he also does his research and his homework. Coolly compare Hotez's views on COVID to say Alex Jones's views on COVID and ask yourself, who's saner? It's not even close. He's incredibly detailed in his research. He loves this country. He is a patriot. And he's somebody who we better listen to or others in this country better listen to. Is it a stretch to say that Tucker Carlson is the new Alex Jones? There are no vaccine passports. That's insane. It's Alex Jones stuff. 
And by the way, just so you know, as proof, if you want to get a job, you'll need your vaccine papers. It's true. If you want to get a job in California, you better have your papers. You better show your papers. And they expire if you don't have all the latest boosters. It's an insane world, you guys. I decided to feature that little clip. It's called The Case for Alex Jones. Alex Jones, of course, is the host and the, the founder of InfoWars. I feature a lot of the... Um, he's got a lot of different independent journalists and stuff that do reporting. And so I feature quite often uh, stuff from one of his reporters named Greg Reese, who does uh, a segment pretty much every day or every other day. Great reporting. I started kind of becoming aware of InfoWars probably back in 2008. I didn't really pay much attention to it, but I started seeing things kind of uh, float into my peripheral as I was kind of waking up after I watched this documentary called Loose Change. And the more I dug into the stuff that InfoWars was putting out, the more it made me realize, whoa, there's a whole other side of the narrative that's not being reported in the mainstream. And that was kind of my first dose of realizing journalism is very subjective, especially when it comes down to who's paying for it. And Alex Jones has always been the type of journalist who kind of just goes to the front line of tyranny and exposes a lot of things um, that the mainstream media would not even touch. For instance, he was talking, uh, like you heard in that clip, to Joe Rogan about the Jeffrey Epstein scandal a decade ago. Where was the media on that? Why weren't they speaking about it in the mainstream? And it just, he's become one of those journalist that I absolutely respect because I mean he's putting his life in jeopardy by reporting the things that he does and I have a huge respect for that because we're in a world that is extremely unhealthy because of deception and the key to deception is controlling the narrative so love him or hate him he's a human being he loves freedom and he wants to expose the truth Speaking of the truth, Project Veritas's latest expose, FDA executive officer exposes close ties between agency and pharmaceutical companies, almost a billion dollars a year going into FDA's budget from the people we regulate. Project Veritas published part two of its series on the FDA on Wednesday night, which featured FDA executive officer Christopher Cole speaking about the inner workings of the agency, including the FDA's conflicts of interest, overspending, and why it's hard for those within the agency to speak out on such abuses. In the footage, Cole talks about the impact of, that pharmaceutical companies have on the agency, including the process for approving drugs. He then reveals that the FDA tones down the impact that these user fees have on the agency's operations because, quote, they're dependent on the drug companies and the vaccine companies and these other companies for their agency to operate, end quote. The incendiary footage, which features Cole talking about how the additional money the FDA brings in gets banked to be spent on whatever you can, whether it's right or wrong, also features Cole discussing reasons why it's difficult for anyone in government to speak out about practices he sees as probably excessive. Cole's LinkedIn page lists him as an executive officer within the agency's countermeasures initiatives, which plays a critical role in ensuring that drugs, vaccines, and other measures to counter infectious diseases and viruses are safe. He made these revelations on a hidden camera to an undercover Project Veritas reporter. 
A spokesperson for FDA issued a statement yesterday saying, quote, the person purportedly in the video does not work on vaccine matters and does not represent the views of the FDA, end quote. This statement appears to contradict a phone call released Wednesday afternoon by Project Veritas, wherein Cole reiterated during the conversation with Project Veritas founder and CEO James O'Keefe that he is, quote, a manager in the office that helps oversee the approval of the COVID vaccines for emergency approval, end quote. Here's the video. Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. So you can have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet. They don't want to, like, uh, rile everyone up. The drug companies, the food companies, the vaccine companies, so they pay us hundreds of millions of dollars a year to hire and keep the reviewers to approve their products. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of um, uh, money going into their, their company. I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve this. Meet Christopher Cole, an executive officer at the FDA with over 20 years experience who claims to be directly involved in the approval process of the various COVID vaccines. What you're about to witness raises some alarming concerns from the government's desire to mandate an annual vaccine for everyone, including young children, to the billions of dollars that exchange hands between our government and Big Pharma to railroad the approval process. I'm a manager for the uh, Food and Drug Administration. My, uh, my agency oversees vaccines, oh. vaccine approvals and, and uh, devices for vaccines. And my office clears all the uh, emergency approvals. Since COVID is under an emergency uh, order, we expedite the approval of any emergency. I've been there for like 22 years. Biden wants to inoculate as many people as possible. So you have to get an annual shot. I mean, it hasn't been formally announced yet because they don't want to, like, uh, rile everyone up. Is so, it going to be formally announced? Yeah, yeah, at some point. I mean, it's going to be, uh, uh, and some of it's been talked about publicly, but it has been talked about on, like, CNN or Fox or MSNBC or anything. Um, but yeah, it'll, 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 you'll have to get uh, an annual. I think um, what's going to happen is um, it's going to be a gradual thing. School's going to mandate it. Why do they need the third one? Well, the same reason um, that you or I would need the third one, to, because the, the vaccine, um, it wanes. Mm -hmm. um, your ability to fight it, it wanes. So the three will bolster your, your system. And then there will be an annual, um, eventually an annual, just like the flu shot. For the toddlers? Well, for everyone. Okay, so the toddlers too then. We'll have to get it Probably. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's in the future. We're not sure. Mm -hmm. That might involve more, uh, more studies. The FDA was scheduled to meet this week to discuss approval of the Pfizer vaccine for children as young as six months old. They were hoping to have the new vaccine available by the end of the month, but the meeting was unexpectedly canceled, citing the need for more testing. You guys have been in the news a lot the last couple of days. Yeah, we're looking at um, trying to prove. Um, I don't completely agree with their the process. They're looking at trying to inoculate um, um, kids under five years old, mm -hmm. between six months and five years old. What do you mean you don't agree with the process? Well, I mean they um, they don't have all the all the tests aren't there. So I agree with the thing that it is important to inoculate them. Um, but you can't provide the, um, the parent as much um, assurity as you normally want to. Despite Cole's concerns regarding the possible dangers of vaccinating young children, it seems the FDA is still willing to go through with this approval. It's an EUA for all 
all um, all age groups, all designations, and then you have to get approved by specific age groups based on the study. Do you think it's really an emergency for the toddlers? Well, they're all uh, improved under an emergency just because it, um, it's not as as impactful as some of the other approvals, emergency approvals, but they're all being approved under that uh, standard. The efficacy data doesn't have to be as high. Mm. The standard is on emergency use authorizations is that it does more benefit than harm. So how do you know it's already getting approved? Well, they're not going to... Um, I mean, just from everything I've heard, they're not going to not approve it. I thought their cases weren't that high for six-month to four-year-olds. They're not, but it, because it's um, related to COVID, it's under that approval process. So how many babies did they have to jab, basically, for the trial? I, I don't know. I, I haven't went through the trial, um, how many people they did. You never, there's always a chance of long-term long effects, especially with someone younger. Cole seems certain the federal government will require annual COVID vaccines, including young children, even though the efficacy, adverse reactions, and long-term effects are still unknown. It's hard to find like pregnant women um, for these studies, and, um, and a significant number in order to be uh, statistically uh, accurate. I haven't tested enough on pregnancy, on you know vaccines and everything, and and women because they have different you know systems than men and they, they haven't they, tested enough? well they they have but they, they haven't done enough prior now they also in the house have been very good at promoting that but that was an issue for uh, a period of time well i feel like that's still an issue it is still an issue it's still it's still we have, still haven't gotten there I, I read like a couple articles about it and everything i saw was that the first two shots weren't effective there, there has been, uh, yes, it is, has not been as effective as they're expecting. I agree. And if all that doesn't raise some eyebrows, just wait until you see what he says in part two about the billions of dollars exchanging hands between our government and Big Pharma and what really goes on behind the scenes during the approval process. There's almost a billion dollars a year going into FDA's budget from the people we um, regulate. If they can get every person required at an annual vaccine, that is a recurring return of um, uh, money going into their, their company. From the Washington Post, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on Wednesday revoked the use of the emergency powers that he invoked to quell weeks-long blockades in the Canadian capital that spread to several U.S.-Canada border crossings and inspired copycats abroad. Quote, Today, after cons let me read it like him. Today, after careful consideration, we're ready to confirm that the situation is no longer an emergency. Therefore, the federal government will be ending the use of the Emergencies Act. We are confident that existing laws and bylaws are now sufficient to keep people safe. End quote. Yeah, they're no longer sufficient because they uh, sent in a bunch of UN goons to beat the shit out of people on the streets, running over old ladies with horses. I mean, the stuff that was happening on the streets of Ottawa was disgusting. So for whatever reason, Trudeau reversed his decision to enact this Emergencies Act, probably because of the backlash. 
Let's continue. The move was a shift for Trudeau, who on Monday said his government still needed the sweeping powers even after the blockade's protesting public health restrictions, and his government were cleared over the weekend because it had real concerns that new blockades could pop up and that protesters might be regrouping at satellite hubs outside Ottawa. Trudeau last week became the first leader to invoke the 1988 Emergencies Act, and the House of Commons voted Monday to endorse the use of the law. The Emergency Measures Act is a declaration of a state of national urgency. It is a blunt force tool that should only be used under the most serious circumstances when legal powers have been exhausted. The Canadians do not believe that this Prime Minister has exhausted all efforts. Yeah, yeah. The Emergency Measures Act gives extraordinary powers to the government. The Prime Minister would have received judicial advice from judicial officers when will this Prime Minister make that advice available to the public? Once again, the protest, uh, sorry, once again, the Conservative Party is trying to have it both ways. Uh, they spent the first few weeks both uh, complaining that the federal government wasn't acting while encouraging the illegal barricades. They weren't illegal. It was a peaceful protest. That's called gaslighting. Uh, and now that the federal government has put in the hands of local police officers uh, justified, proportional, measured tools that will absolutely conform with the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, uh, they are now complaining that we have acting. We will continue to do what is necessary to keep Canadians and their communities and our economy safe. Canadians are tired of talking points. They want real answers. The Prime Minister's own words created fear. What are we going to do with these people? These people are taking up space, he said. These are the words of a failed leader who robbed Canadians of hope and of unity. And that is why they took to the streets. When will this Prime Minister stop doubling down on his failed leadership and admit that it is, it is his divisive words and mandates that led to so much turmoil? in this country. Unlike what the member opposite believes, the vaccine mandates we came forward with in this country saved lives. The vaccine mandates uh, for travelers, uh, for federal public servants, contributed to one of the highest vaccination rates in the world uh, by Canadians. That has kept people safer. It has allowed our economy to come roaring back and has allowed us to get through this uh, challenging pandemic better than most. Unfortunately, Conservatives are now supporting illegal blockades that are harming our economy. No, no, Justin, they're supporting freedom. They're supporting uh, uh, the people wanting to get back to their lives. They're supporting the end of your tyrannical mandates. that the government went from doing nothing to a national emergency. 48 hours into using the measures, 48 hours without providing Parliament with a justification. So my question is simple. When will the Prime Minister admit that he's lost control of the situation, that he's lost control of his country, that he's lost control of his caucus, and that he's lost control of his leadership? Conservative Party members can stand with people who wave swastikas. They can stand with people who wave uh, the Confederate flag. 
of order, uh, the honorable member for Thornhill. Mr. Speaker, I am a strong Jewish woman and a member of this house and a descendant of Holocaust survivors, and I have never made to, I've, it's never been singled out, and I have never been made to feel less, except for today when the Prime Minister accused me of standing with swastikas. I think he owes me an apology. I'd like an apology, and I think he owes an apology to all members of this house. For Halliburton Quarta Lakes, Brock. Mr. Speaker, two Liberal MPs have said that the Prime Minister purposely politicized the pandemic. That means for crass political gain in order to save his own job. The Prime Minister deliberately divided Canadians. We have federal mandates still in effect, stifling industries like travel and tourism. Well, countries around the world with the same information are finding ways to live with this virus. Speaker, on what date this month will all federal mandates be lifted? Right Honourable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, policy in this country is set uh, by a government that listens to science, that follows data, that doesn't listen uh, to, uh, to people blockading our streets and blockading our borders. Uh, that is uh, not the way to make public policy in this country. It's not the way uh, to bring Canadians together. We're going to stay focused on keeping people alive and safe and healthy and indeed prosperous. But the fact that the Conservative Party continues to refuse to condemn the blockades that are hurting our supply chains, driving up prices, limiting our manufacturers from being able to bring in their parts across the country is a shame on them. No, no, Justin, it's a shame on you, you tyrannical bastard. Literally, it's all the mandates that are causing all this economic turmoil. It's them. It's the government. But anyway, I mean, Trudeau couldn't have any sort of like, you know, backdoor deals going on. He couldn't somehow be affiliated with the World Economic Forum. The young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, half of this government, are actually young noble leaders of the World Economic Forum. We penetrate the cabinets. The change is not just happening. The change can be shaped by us. We have to prepare for a more angry world. How to prepare? Take the necessary action to create a fairer world. I see the need for a great reset. So people assume we are just going back to the good old world which we had and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. There is only one way this pandemic is going to go. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. The next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner. And it is the climate crisis. It is the climate crisis. We must depopulate the planet. It's so insane that these people literally gallivant on the planet thinking they have this crazy authority over mankind. It's, it's a sickness. They've polluted the planet with their garbage that they made with their companies. And now they want to depopulate the planet with this inoculation. What happened, what played out was they rebranded the flu. They rebranded pneumonia and a bunch of big ass companies that were already billion dollar companies made a lot more money. Oh, and it also made uh, several more billionaires in the planet while crushing mom and pops and uh, essentially destroying world economies. While ushering tyrannical mandates, authoritarian control, yeah, I guess it was always about uh, two weeks to flatten the curve, wasn't it?
It was all about our uh, health and safety because they actually... What's that word? Oh, care for us. So let's continue with this article. I got a little bit... I went down the rabbit hole a little bit, and I apologize for that. That's just, that's just, it happens here at Exit the Cult. I get a little excited. I apologize. I get passionate. You know what I'm saying? Back to this Washington Post article. The act was written to be a last resort to use when there were no other laws on the books that might end an emergency. Several legal analysts said that it wasn't clear that the blockades met the threshold or that authorities had exhausted existing tools. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney is challenging it in court. The Emergencies Act allowed police to designate no-go zones where people participating in prohibited public assemblies or bringing minors to them could face arrest. One such area was Parliament Hill in Ottawa and the surrounding precinct. The act also gave the government the authority to compel tow truck companies to haul away vehicles blockading roads. Many tow truck operators wore face coverings and concealed the logos on their trucks out of fear they might face retribution from demonstrators. In an effort to choke off funding for the demonstrations, the government used the emergency powers to require crowdfunding sites to comply with terrorism financing and money laundering laws. They also gave banks the authority to freeze accounts, which they did, of those involved with the protests without a court order. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police said this week that accounts that were frozen belonged to influencers of the protests and or owners of the vehicles involved in the blockades who did not want to leave. Organizers of the demonstration initially raised more than $8 million on GoFundMe, but the site removed the fundraiser after it said that it had received, quote, evidence from law enforcement that the previously peaceful demonstration has become an occupation with police reports of violence and other unlawful activity, end quote. It's bullshit. There would be reports that there were attacks on police and they were completely false. And journalists were reaching out to these police departments asking to verify this information. Nope, didn't happen. It was a lie. On Monday, authorities in Ottawa said that they had towed 115 vehicles, arrested 196 people, and charged 110 of them with offenses including assault and possession of a weapon. Police have said residents were harassed and subjected to racist vitriol. Nearly 90% of Canadian truckers are fully vaccinated. Interesting, right? So here is Dr. Peter McCullough telling the world the pandemic is over. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. I'm a practicing internist, cardiologist, and epidemiologist in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I have uh, had considerable experience both clinically as well as in terms of research and scholarship on COVID-19. Uh, it's my opinion that the emergency phase of the COVID-19 crisis is now closed and that we can drop all mandates, uh, we can drop all restrictive measures, and then treat the remaining cases that exist who have high-risk features with early treatment in order to avoid hospitalization and death and ensure safety of those uh, individuals who do become acutely ill with COVID-19. I'm giving this recording as my full support for Freedom Convoy 2022. As those courageous truckers advised by very capable scientists in Canada make the point that it's time to drop all mandates and restrictions at this point in time and let the health professionals take over and handle the rest of the pandemic. So please join me in supporting Freedom Convoy 2022 as those heroic tru truckers, doctors, and scientists come together uh, to advise Canada and importantly help North America 
close the pandemic crisis. Thank you. So here's what happens in the Houses of Parliament when you question the Great Reset, Klaus Schwab, and the World Economic Forum. All of a sudden, you have technical difficulties. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And I listened to my colleague's speech. I had a constituent that wanted me to ask a question about outside interference to our democracy. Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum, and he bragged how his subversive WWF World Economic Forum has quoted infiltrated governments around the world. He said that his organization had penetrated more than half of Canada's cabinet. And I was wondering, in the interest of transparency, could the member please name which cabinet ministers are on board with the WEF's agenda? My concern is the deputy. Uh, order, order, order. I, I know he was. I know the, uh, the member was in a, a really good, good question there, but the, the the audio is really, really bad, and the video is really, really bad as well. Um, and I and I and I apologize. I don't know if if the member. Okay, uh, let's let's uh, let's try again. The honorable. The, the... So there's that. Little shady, right? Just a coincidence. When tyrants take over, what's the first thing they do? Disarm. It happened in Russia, China, Germany, and most recently, Afghanistan. Why? Because disarmed people are easier to control. And over the last century and a half, American tyrants have been carrying out a slow, methodical disarmament that no one is talking about. State education. Tyrants know that education is warfare. Our rulers have a vested interest in making you totally harmless. They've got big plans and they don't want you getting in the way. Think about it. Would you rather fight an army decked out with high-powered rifles or a bunch of dinky water pistols? They know that if you can think critically, you're a threat. Welcome back to Exit the Cult. From Zero Hedge, the fog of war descends. Don't expect this to be resolved anytime soon. The fog of war is now descending on Ukraine. Things are now likely to move very fast, but at time of writing, the leaders of the two breakaway Russian republics had sent official requests to Moscow for military aid against Ukrainian aggression. The city of Kyiv have declared a state of emergency. The country was again experiencing major cyber attacks. The Russian military had closed all civilian Ukrainian airspace along the country's eastern border until the 18th of May. Warning, quote, it may experience a high incidence of aircraft collision with missiles, end quote. So check out this disturbing audio from a family on the ground in the Ukraine as a jet flies through their neighborhood and drops some bombs. If the fear in that child's cry doesn't say it all. European airlines are being told Ukraine as a whole is now a do not fly. Airports around the country have had their runways blocked with tractors to prevent Russian paratroopers landing there easily. And President Zelensky gave a speech that had the feel of being one for the history books. So here is Giggles McGee Kamala Harris speaking about the conflict behind a face diaper. We're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. So our position is for us very clear, which is as a leader, which we have been 
bringing together the allies, working together around our collective and unified position that we would all, not just prefer, we desire, we believe. It is in the best interest of all that there is a diplomatic end to this moment. It's such theater. Bunch of criminals. Bunch of criminals, you guys. You're listening to Exit the Cult, only on Elf Tree Publishing. Now, enjoy the rest of the show, useless eaters. I'm Bill Gates. So I'm going to now play the interview that I did with uh, Jesse Weber. It is about 30 minutes long. We went into a lot of things, and I hope you enjoy it. Exit the cult. What cult are we exiting, brother? (laughs) All of them. Tell me your story. Where are you calling from? I am from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I left L.A. three months ago. Wow, me too. Yeah, yeah. So I knew I've I've been following you for a couple years. And uh, yeah, I've been following your work. So I love what you do. I love all the interviews you do on the street. And I think it's badass, yeah. Thank you, brother. Now in LA, you were you said Los Angeles, yeah, or California. Um, what when you were in Los Angeles? What made you leave? Let's just get clear of that out. Why did you leave? Um, well, I'm in the music and film industry, and just kind of got into the industry to a certain level of realizing what was going on, and um, just started seeing the writing on the wall of how the industry works and um, became a little disinterested in the route I was on. And so okay. once the pandemic hit, it kind of made it a lot easier to get out of there yeah. just because I don't j- I'm from Texas originally. So um, just don't jive with that kind of tyranny, I guess. <laughs> so as far, as far as the film industry, are you a filmmaker, an actor or? Um, well, I'm, I'm mainly a music producer. Okay. Um, I put out records and I also produce other artists, but I work on podcasts. I have a podcast called Exit the Cult, which is just, I, I basically, every episode I feature, I talk about a specific cult in American history or globe, just any cult. Right. I just kind of look up stuff and then I cover, you know, that's just shit that's going on in, in you know, in, in current, current, current times. Really? Um, but like yeah, cut- just... My cousins were in a cult, the 13 tribes. I don't know if you yeah, know I've known a lot of people in cults. I have family in cults and, and it's... Have you heard of the 13 I, tribes? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, we almost went into that cult. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mom wanted to go in it and my dad like, nope. And But my aunt and all my cousins were in it. Now they're finally out. There's one cousin that's still in it, but everyone else oh, left because the they're really, um, the fathers were doing all the work and they had to give the money to the leader and then they would give the money back to the father and say okay here's ten dollars for a date that's night. how it always is that's how- and then that's how that's how they left I, it took them that long for them to leave well wow. yeah, I, I feel like that's the the protocol for any cult is like the second you realize your money is being monitored yeah you're probably in a cult yeah it's well, it's yeah that means it, we're, in, we're in a cult now if the government's monitoring our money well, I mean, the, well, that's what I was going to say is I feel like, you know, pretty much our entire lives are, we, you know, we all grow up in our various backgrounds, but we're all basically chasing money or chasing fame or we're chasing careers. And it, 
compartmentalizes us until we realize, oh my God, like you're either in some club, you know, religious group or whatever. I mean, everything is essentially that, you know? And it doesn't mean like, you know, if you're a part of, you know, you go to a church or something like you're in a cult or anything, but I, I do think there's a level of to what degree do we associate ourselves as free beings Right. And have our autonomy. And how do you, I don't know, I guess, how do you define what really that is? You know, I, I like I said, I started this cult, this, this podcast because, you know, I watched this, I don't know if you've seen this documentary, but um, I watched it back in 07 called Loose Change. It was, it's an old ass documentary. Of course. Yeah. Of course we've all seen that. We've all seen that. That's where, yeah. <laughs> that's why a lot of people are awake right now. <laughs> yeah. Totally. They want to, I mean, they were awake, but they just weren't sure if, you know, the yeah. whole 9-11 thing was really an inside job. Is that the well, one you're talking, you're yeah, talking about? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think, you know, back then, nobody really knew. I mean, it's it's unfathomable to think there could be that level of evil. And I think that was kind of the first documentary that I saw that actually laid things out for me and mm-hmm. where I was at in my life to go, hmm, I always knew something was off here. But no one's ever explained it in a way that made sense, you know, right. to, to what I was doing and, and where I was at the time. And from there on, it's just been like this constant, I mean, once you see, you, 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 you just, you can't go back, you know, it's kind of that, that it's kind of a curse to yeah. a degree to wake yeah. up to this stuff. And, but, uh, but yeah. it, as much as you want to go back to sleep no, and oh. enjoy, no, I know, but <laughs> but you would probably love yeah i mean exactly if just like the movie it's it's like you know like i wanted to pursue acting in california that i mean i I wanted to do that for the longest time Mm -hmm. and then um and i don't know if you know my story i got sick for a long time and then finally finally started hollywood again or started to pursue it finally for like a full time for a year everything was great and then COVID hit and and sure enough they weren't hiring non-union mm-hmm. i was non-union at the time and i'm like fuck i'll join sag since i was SAG eligible and i joined and then they're like vaccinated only yeah i'm like are yeah. you kidding me mm-hmm. and that's why it made it easy for me to leave yeah i was doing background work for like three years okay I, yeah i was i mean i was doing it up until the end of last year okay and, yeah um they started going full vax and I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm not wow. going to get any more PCR tests. I'm done with it. So, yeah. yeah. Some of those jobs are pretty good. I've done yeah. a few of them. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've did some really cool shit. Like I, one any of the big last, movies? Uh, no, the, the coolest thing I would say I did was I got to work on a scene. <laughs> it's so stupid because it's background work, uh-huh. but I got to do a scene with uh, Macaulay Culkin on, American Horror Story. So I'm in. Oh, that, that was shot in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it was you, shot a uh, soundstage. So were you one of those uh, um, monsters? <laughs> no, no. Never no. Saw, no. I was I was one of those weird vagabonds in the weird pub. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I was, saw that whole I saw that whole season. Yeah. So I was in that like multiple times in the background of those scenes. So that's cool. It was cool, but it was so stupid though. Here's the thing. We would go and they would make us wear a mask and then they would make us wear a shield and those shields fog up. Yeah. And then somebody would collect them. Once you're on set, they would collect the shields, Yeah. throw them all into one big box. And then there's some like, I felt bad for this chick, whoever it was, 
having to wipe down all these nasty ass shields and they would line them up in a basket and essentially you're mm. we're trusting that whoever cleaned these shields you know what i'm saying like yeah I, the same one I, um, you know I never got to the shield part. I mean, I know we had to take our mask off, put it in our pocket for five seconds, yeah. talk to the person super close, yeah, <laughs> and then take it off and then put the mask by. It's put, like, what the fuck is this? What do we? Yeah. But you know, those those, those companies they spend a third of their budget on these pro, on these production. That's why they can't hire more people, or you know, production value is going down. Yeah, completely. Yeah, now, they're losing a lot of uh, they're losing a lot of actors too because people are. They're just not interested anymore. It, it made the whole experience completely uh, just, it, it's a bummer, you know? Yeah. Did you feel like, well, obviously the American Horror Story is basically a satanic TV show. Totally, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, can you still pursue your dream? Are you still trying to pursue? Yeah, yeah. Your... Yeah, I'm working on, like right now, I'm working on a, a podcast that we got our pilot picked up. It's a true crime. It's all scripted, but okay. I'm producing it. But I'm, you know, my whole thing is always just like, I'm an artist and I'm always going to just make music and, and right. I want to work in the film industry, but I'm not going to like force myself to be on my knees to get through a gatekeeper, you know? So I'd rather yeah. just figure out a way like, like doing the background stuff was just, it's, it was sounded intriguing. Yeah. And then I ended up doing it so much that I really had a good time doing it. And I got to, yeah. you know, you're around, they feed you well, you're around a bunch of like, cool sets and you just see everything up up close and so yeah. i really enjoyed that but were you sag the whole time no no i was non-union yeah. you know oh, okay. i was gonna i was gonna i was about to join the union but then once covid hit i wasn't gonna like i wasn't gonna go get a vaccine and i just wasn't gonna do it so i know i know i know yeah. the food is great they treat you some, some of these big you know i was on tenant uh nice badass uh that tom cruise the uh, missile uh not miss uh what's the tom new tom cruise movie uh top gun like these you know perry mason penny dreadful they treat you like you know you know it was great i mean obviously tenet was like a freaking nightmare we were in a desert and 100 <laughs> degrees but they had like people walking around giving us water electrolytes yeah, food yeah. so it was we were well taken care of yeah patting your ass like. yeah we had our own we had our own hotel it was you're happy, great right? you're happy you're happy you right. feel good yeah, yeah feel good here's a mask and <laughs> here's some sugar and yeah, yeah. oh that's the thing that kills me is the food yeah um it's yeah and then i realized that we're working for satan pretty much hollywood is pretty much satan making satanic kind of stuff the the stuff we're in is rituals pretty much well how much like when you think about this because yeah. i've thought about this like with these kinds of shows how much do you think the writers are 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 deeply invested in selling this thing you know what i'm saying like because part of me sits there and goes okay well like because for instance like i'm working on this podcast and we made up this whole backstory okay. and we did it for fun because we wanted to make, you know how all horror movies are always based on a true story. We wanted to make a short film, but we didn't want to like infringe on somebody's, like if somebody had owned the IP of some backstory, we didn't want to get sued. So we just made up our own. Right. And it, that backstory went viral, but it's essentially rooted in, you know, Tibetan witchcraft. And okay. we just kind of went and looked stuff up and, and we we're like, okay, people did this shit. They tried to create these these tulpas, these thought forms, essentially. 
Right. And we didn't really know much about it. We did a bunch of research on it and, and we ended up writing our, our backstory based on that. But ultimately we weren't really like deeply invested in going, oh, we're, gonna, we're trying to spread some evil thing. We were just right. more of like, okay, like, do I believe that's real? I don't, I actually don't. But um, I think Plus. some, it's like somebody with a cult. Like if they believe something's real, yeah, it doesn't mean I do, you know? Right, so, so you weren't purpose. You weren't purposely putting like six, 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 no, uh, hell and no. in the tree for some reason. No, no. no. Or um, like I get or like what the you, Disney logo. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, or the Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were doing with a short, this uh, you you produced this short, this witchcraft. Well, we did. We didn't end up producing the film. But you, we, oh, you, did, you never made it. No. Well, we did the backstory seven years ago. Okay. Tried to produce the film film didn't get funded we did a kickstarter didn't get funded and then we were just like fuck it and we we all do different things we're all like working in the film industry so we all just kind of went went our separate ways with the project but it went viral since okay. so now we're re we're kind of coming back around on the on the story so okay yeah but you're making it you're not making it to send out a me- an evil no. message no but this is how the devil works if you think about it the devil is making you think you're not doing it, but you are doing it for him. It's very simple. I mean, if you think about it, you better add some Jesus in there somewhere. Well, you know what, man? Like, I grew up, uh, like, I used to tour in the Christian music industry. I toured with, like, all these big-ass, the top artists. Like, okay. I used to be a keyboardist. I lived in Nashville, did the whole thing, and um, that's, that's what got me out to L.A. was I got into music licensing. I started putting out my own records, and then... I, you know, I had Omni Hotel use one of my songs for, you know, when they turn the fucking TV on and the song is in the background of whatever, like, montage of, you know, poolside shit yeah. that they're showing you from their yeah. hotels. Well, they, I had never licensed music before. And so I was approached by it and I was like, oh my God, I can make money with my own music. Oh my God. So I started getting into that game and that's what got me out to LA was doing music and working on music. And so, um, but, you know, I... I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm, I'm a Christian because I, I am, I do believe in God and I believe in Jesus and like, like I care about that. Yeah. Like I, I follow a moral compass. <laughs> okay. But I don't, I don't necessarily know fully. Like you know, I know a lot of people think, well, the only way to heaven or salvation is through Jesus Christ and stuff. I've never necessarily been able to fully say if that's right or wrong but i do believe if you walk the planet earth godless with no moral compass whatsoever yeah of of goodness and actually doing you know i I think a lot of times people like in the world we're in right now like a lot of like you were talking to what was his name again i forget his name but the guy you were just talking to gino uh, gino like, like Canada right now, I'm seeing a lot of people are talking about how, well, Trudeau is, you know, this is, this is, uh, it, it's basically the great, the great reset agenda. And he's a, just a part of a group of people that they're just in the club. They're, they're basically in a fucking cult. And ultimately we're all the ones just observing this going, these guys are, these guys aren't listening to their constituents. Mm-hmm. And and I think we were fools to think the whole time they actually cared what we had to, to say. Exactly. When, when essentially they they kind of you know for all these other you know decades we you know I'm I'm almost forty 
even though I may not look like it, I'm almost 40, but people for decades have been alive where the internet didn't exist. So we didn't share this information and people couldn't discuss these things. You would read something in a book, but now people are kind of realizing what this long game was and it's coming to a head now. And, and what I was getting at was people are thinking, oh, this is a spiritual war. It's, 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 it's to usher in the Antichrist. And to me, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's literally a bunch of rich assholes who are in a club. They don't like that the common man has woken up to their shit. Mm-hmm. And so they've just gone full tyranny. Just, you know, we, we would read history books about this. But now that it's, it's so quick that people are waking up to this, they're having to clamp down in such a, a rational way. Yeah. It's becoming a disturbing observation. And I think that that's what's really what's happening. I don't necessarily think it's like, you know, me, you Jesus is going to come riding in or, or Antichrist Satan is going to be standing on some podium dictating. I think I think that's really, I don't, I don't believe in that. I just think it's just a bunch no. of dickheads, you know? No, I understand this theory. Okay. I know the theory you're talking about. Mm. And then the other theory is that they're Satan running the game and using these people. Potentially, yeah, potentially. And they're doing all their satanic things and sacrificing. And mm-hmm. and it might not be like, you know, they're all going to the devil and the devil's right there. You know, it's, it might not look right. like that. Right, right. But I understand your theory, the more common sense, more people that could understand. Yeah, yes. I guess I'm saying like the more surface level, like it's almost like if people think, oh, is the is the world flat? Is, you know, it, it's, I don't know, but I'm right. sitting here going, what I do know is we're dealing with real people and those people are being assholes. And those right. assholes, why they're running this game, ultimately, I don't I don't know. I don't know if anybody really knows. And, and I guess we the easy answer is saying yeah they're following some demonic entity potentially but i just i think it's just selfishness i feel like it's more of these guys are rich they don't live in the same reality as you and i do right and we're sitting there going this is this is wrong we want justice and 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 so people now are wanting to see some sort of justice play out but they're in such a breakaway society we're just watching their game they it's almost like being mad at the Kardashians and the Kardashians don't give a fuck what you think, right. you know? Yeah. And, so I, rich, and I, yeah. I feel like that's what it is. And, and, and you were saying it earlier to this other dude you were talking to is you're like, well, what's going to be, when, when is there going to be some sort of answer to what's going on? I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen because, you know, I'm, I'm of the, I'm of the group of people on this planet that think justice needs to be served in the sense of, I think we have local laws. I think states need to start standing up a little bit more. I think attorney generals of the states need to start prosecuting uh, and filing lawsuits against Anthony Fauci, uh, Bill Gates. I mean, the paper trail is there. We all know this. Yeah, but there's no, we're not following the laws here in America. Not at all. Yeah. Especially when, yeah, especially when, you know, you and I both know you, I mean, you mentioned it, the, the human sacrificing and the, the, organ harvesting and all these things that do exist i mean this black market we don't know that much about but it's bad it's so bad that people can't imagine how bad it is that's why i believe it's something satanic is behind it 
I, well, I went on because I've been onto the the dark web before, and okay. I don't I don't fuck with it. But I I've been on it because I was curious about it, and I was like, yeah. okay, because I heard about like, oh, the internet that we use is only eight percent of the internet. It's like yeah. looking at the ocean, taking a a cup and scooping the ocean, saying there's no fish in here. Right. It's that's basically what we're getting of the internet, and and so I kind of dug into it. Yeah. And this was like four or five years ago. This was a while back, and you legitimately. You can buy any kind of weapon. You can buy human beings. You can pay for hits. You can do Wait, anything. Back it's up. all there. You saw that you can buy human beings. Yes, yes. Would it's you disturbing. see? Do you see a naked guy and he's like? No, they're not naked. They're faces. They're like profile faces, and they have age, sex, ethnicity. But you、it's, wonder if you were to purchase someone or a gun, that it, it's not the FBI setting you up. You wonder that, right? It I mean, could how, be. Yeah, it could be. I mean, how do you buy? How do you pay for the human? You know, like well, I, a lot of it's crypto. A lot of it's、uh, cryptocurrency. And and okay,、um, you could buy fake money too. I know that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can so, buy any kind of currency. So why do they want? This is what I don't understand about crypto. That we're going to this whole crypto. Everybody wants to get crypto, crypto, whatever, and it shows every transition. Transaction, correct.、Mm-hmm. So if they're using crypto, wouldn't we be able to see every transaction? Well, the, I guess the、Or、whole thing、different? with crypto is they they say it's it's protected on the blockchain, so no one can see the transaction. But I don't、okay. I don't believe that. I think everything is monitored. Everything. I don't think I really don't think we live in a world that is. I, would, I think everything's monitored. I think it's I, you would、monitored. think the whole black web is. I I think it's at the point where someone will do something that bad, buy a human, buy a baby, whatever. The government knows, and they use it against you when they need it.、Mm-hmm. You know. Well, that's the other thing. Is like when they blackmail you when the FBI tells the public, oh, during Super Bowl, it's the highest. Time where there's human trafficking, it's like, well, then fucking do something about it. Like,、yeah. and they don't. So, like, how do they know about it? What are they tallying it up here on the black market? Like, oh, we sold seventy five kids today, <laughs> and it's going through L A. Super Bowl. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. And they also they also say like, you know, human trafficking makes more money than all professional U S. sports combined. So that's disturbing. And so, if that's the case. You know, Think of think of all your friends that you know that have a fucking Yankee hat or whatever, like a, a Dodgers jersey or something. Ugh, yeah. Think of the amount of stuff we visibly see, and if these if these organizations these these human traffickers are making more money than all professional sports combined. Yeah. How many people are we walking around on a daily basis that are purchasing sickos? Yeah. You know what、we、I'm、wonder. saying? Like, yeah. So I don't know if that's real, but that's that's that's. I wonder、I've、if it's going to multiple times. I wonder if it's going to come down to where if a father is walking with their child, they have to be stopped, and make sure that that's their kid. I wonder if it should, we、down. shouldn't live in that world. I, I mean, know. I don't think we should live in that reality, but I mean, hopefully that's where I mean, we're at. Obviously, it won't get to that because obviously evil's in control, so they don't want to. <laughs> Keep you only have to show your papers in L.A. if you're going into a bar, you know. Let's say, <laughs> yeah, right. I got kicked out of a bar for not showing my papers. Me、paper. too. Dude, I got kicked out of. Have you been to?、Uh, did you go to Blind Barber? 
ever? No. no. Oh, in, no, no. Uh, I heard about them. In Highland Park. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I got kicked out of there one night. I got wasted. And I they were they started talking about how they were already checking vaccines. But that night, they didn't check them. And I didn't know. But I, I went in and I was just chilling. And I had some drinks and I got I got pretty wasted. But the bartender and like a couple people at the bar started like like loosely talking about how like yeah we're gonna start checking the vaccine cards and stuff and like they they started talking shit about unvaccinated people and i just lost my shit isn't it weird it's so weird i got kicked out i didn't i mean they didn't have to drag me out i walked i walked my ass out like i'm not gonna i'm not that irrational but right. i i fucking like pointed i go you guys need to fucking check yourselves this is bullshit yeah and uh you know yeah, I probably said it with a little bit more of a slur. All right. Well, I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the exit with the uh, exit the cult. Exit is the on, cult. Yeah. Is it on uh, on all podcasts? Yeah, yeah. You can just just search exit the cult. Interesting. Joe Morales. Uh, but yeah, I I yeah put put the awesome. show out. I was doing it uh, weekly. I, I took a little bit of a hiatus. Now I'm putting Uh-oh. it up kind of randomly. I moved from LA, so I I lost my studio. I, I so I'm uh, in a little bit more of a Why'd you pick this? Why'd you pick the state that you're in? Well, I'm I'm near my family right now. I'm yeah. I'm probably gonna go back to Texas, but okay, uh, yeah. So I'm from, like I said, I'm from Texas, outside of Austin, and so I don't want to be in Austin because Austin's also lost its shit a little bit. So yeah, well, um, but yeah, you know, my my goals right now are just working on music and getting this podcast out because i think personally i think it's what you're doing i think it's extremely important to have these conversations and you know share our thoughts about what we're seeing we're, we're basically observing the most irrational the ridiculous bullshit yeah ever unfold in, in in any of our lives you know it'd be one thing if we were asleep and just oblivious well, but we being aware of it it's tell, tell me with the music industry can you are you getting into the whole metaverse and the whole? Not yet, but I. I, I feel like there's a music I, that you can be able to monetize with music in this metaverse. I, I think, yeah, I think there is definitely. It's like the NFT stuff, you know. Yeah. There's, it's it's kind of this gold rush of who's going to be the first. What's going to be, you know, how how are the how, who are the first artists going to be to start putting on concerts in this world and all this stuff. But part of me is just. Yeah, I I just feel so convicted about this current reality we're in, and it needs fixing. It needs to be, it needs to be at least a spade needs to be called a spade, and right now it's not. And I have I have a hard time thinking that I could just disappear into some like virtual reality, real you know, place where you know I was talking about this uh, maybe eight years ago. I I was. I've been doing podcasts for a while, but like we did, we ended up on one of our shows, we ended up going and doing like a demo mm-hmm. at this guy's house who had all the Oculus shit. And it was incredible. And I was like, dude, oh my God, like at some point, like, like people are going to walk into a place, like just, just everyday life wearing glasses and they're going to, their glasses are going to change the color of paint in a building all the art pieces in your house Mm. they can have change to the things they want to see it's going to create a complete inverse of reality and people are going to be operating based on that 
Yeah. And I think that's already happening in such a weird way just through social media. And we're like, like the way we're communicating right now, like this is still surface level. Like this yeah. is awesome. This is badass that you and I are getting to chat like this, but, but this is just the beginning still. And I think where it's going is, is I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're ready for it because we haven't fixed what's going on right here in this. Right. Yeah. And, it is and get... that's my concern. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's going to get yeah. worse. All right, yeah. exit the cult. Everyone, check that out on every platform. Yeah, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check it out. That's going to be exitthecult.com. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks, Dude, brother. Thanks for chatting, man. Take it Love easy, brother. Do. Keep going. Keep going. Thanks, man. All right, man. Peace. So that's going to do it for this week's show. Special thanks to Jesse at Weber's Way, Bandot Video, Project Veritas, Elftree Publishing, and of course all of our badass listeners here at ETC. That's you. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please reach out to us at exitthecult at protonmail.com or visit exitthecult.com. As always, be sure to check out the description for show notes and links to articles and videos featured in the episode. Have a killer weekend and don't be a killer! If you have an interesting story or information you'd like to share with our listeners, send us an email at exitthecult at protonmail.com. Please help support the show by becoming an Exit the Cult member over at our Patreon page for exclusive content and bonus episodes. Also, be sure to subscribe and share the episodes whenever you can. That helps a lot. Tune in to new episodes on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening.